All right, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, today, I want to talk about reflecting the king inside of our mindset. The scripture we're going to discuss is Philippians 2, uh, 5 through 6, and it says this, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. But he made himself of no reputation in taking upon himself the form of a bond servant coming in the likeness of men. And being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. The three things that I want to point out in here before we move on is, is that we're we're supposed to let this mind. That is the number one thing that I want to, that we have to permit and allow. This word let means to allow it to take place and permit it to happen. And so that is to say if that if we want the mind of Christ, we have to allow it and permit it. And we'll we'll talk about that in greater detail as we move along. The second thing is no reputation. And that is that he um emptied himself and humbled himself and and uh, think about this is that a king who wanted to show his power and his greatness wouldn't ride in on a donkey right and they would come in like aladdin in this you know how he how the the princes come in with all this pomp and and fanfare and all that different stuff that he came as a humble servant a humble king and made himself of no reputation that's point number two Point number three is that he humbled himself and became obedient. And know this, that inside of the life of Christ is our um, example, is our foundation. And that is to say this, is that uh, his life, character, mission, power, everything about Christ is the foundation of which are to build our life upon. And what we have today is a lot of people uh, think that they're building their their life and their foundation on Christ, uh, but they're really not. And that is to say that just the salvation aspect of dying on the cross, and that is considered uh, building your life upon Christ, when in actuality, it's much more grand and vast than that. Uh, building our lives upon Christ is the foundation of the cross, but it's also the words uh, that he spoke and the life that he lived and the example that he set and the spirit that is alive on the inside of us that lives through us and manifests to the world. It's a whole complete enchilada. And that is to say that a lot of people just focus on that one point. So let's look at these different translations real quick. The NIV translation says this, and that... In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. And the NASB translation says, have the same attitude amongst yourselves. So in here, we get a greater definition to what this is, is if we are to reflect the mind of the king and the mindset of the king, then we need to understand that it's having the same uh, attitude. It's having the same way that he set his mind to do things, that we set our mind to do things in like manner. So let's break down these words real quick and define the mind. It means to exercise your mind like him. And that is to say, to entertain the same things that he would entertain. 
That means to have the same opinions that he would have. That means to have the same affection that he would have. And it also means to be one and the same. What's the problem? Is that we're not we're not having the same mindset, right? And that we're not entertaining the same things that he entertained, and and we're not we're not having the same opinions that he's having, and and what he's affectionate about, and what he wants, and what he loves, and all those things. We 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 set our affections on different things, and we don't want what he wants, and we don't love what he loves, and and this creates the friction and the problem. And this is why Paul said, let this mind be in you, is that you have to see his mindset and see what all that entails and to begin to look at it and to begin to accept it and you begin to embody it as your own mindset. And this is how the power and the life of Christ lives in and through us. It is through getting one with God. And that's why it means to be one and the same mindset to begin to think like he thinks to begin to do like he does so no reputation what does that mean that means that uh, he made himself empty and the reality about about emptiness is there's there's something we have to understand about this is that emptiness is not in the sense of that God wants you broke, busted, and disgusted. That's what many people think. They want you at the end of your rope and empty and all that different stuff. What empty empty yourself means is for you to fully understand that you are dead with Christ and that you live with him, you sit with him, and you reign with him. And that emptying yourself is saying that that old fearful nature that nature that runs in fear, that lives in shame, that hides, that is scared of the presence of God and all those different things, that I'm going to empty myself of that and that I'm going to maintain my crucifixion position because God says that you are dead and that your life is hid with Christ and God. And so agreeing with him is having the same mindset and opinion that he does. You see, there's a such thing as a biblical worldview. There's a such thing as a Christian worldview. And there's a such thing as a Christ mindset. And that's when uh, we begin to say the same thing that he does. You see, we are called on earth to echo. And that is what we hear God say to us and what we see and we uh, embody the pattern that we begin to echo what he says. And, and what that is, is alignment with his opinion. And here's the reality of things is that there's a lot of opinions out there, right? There's a lot of people that believe certain ways and different things, but our goal is alignment with God. And that is to have the same opinion that he does. And lastly, the word obedient is defined as this, as attentively listen that is by implication submissive. What we see in Christ is an example of a man operating with the Holy Spirit upon his life. Because here's the reality, that God cannot be tempted with evil, neither does he tempt any man, right? So for Christ to actually experience temptation... He would have to be uh, emptied uh, of that sense of, of that godhood. He had to become a man that was reliant upon the Spirit's uh, power, illumination, and revelation. 
Okay. Otherwise, he wasn't really tempted because God cannot be tempted by evil. Okay. So we understand this, that he is our model and our example in all things because he was a man who emptied himself and became obedient even to the death of the cross. We're also told that he grew in stature and wisdom with God and man, and he learned obedience by the things that he suffered. Okay. And so in this, we see that he was the manifestation of the process of the way and of the path that we are to follow ourselves. Now, there's been a, a modern terminology that to follow Christ means to uh, uh, go to church, say a prayer, and join the membership role. But we don't actually see that pattern manifested in Christ. We do see him uh, being baptized for the for the remission of sins, even though he had no sins to repent of, but he went through the process to fulfill all righteousness to let us know that it is through the death, the burying of the old South that we begin to resurrect into the new South. And so we see him laying out the process of, of baptism, the spirit descending, coming upon him and saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased so he had the favor and the approval of God. He had the spirit of God and the heavens were open to him. And the spirit began to lead him into the wilderness to, to face the temptations and to face the evil. And then he, he, he went from that experience and returned in the power of the spirit. All that is the process and the pattern for us to follow. Once we begin to recognize that we are dead. Now we begin to rise inside of a new life and then heaven becomes open to us. The spirit comes upon us and empowers us to be sons of God and that we begin to walk in his divine approval and his blessing and his favor. And we begin to overcome and conquer the demons that are inside of our lives that, that are buried deep, dark, secret skeletons in our closet. And he begins to handle and to deal with those. And then we begin to rise up in the power of spirit inside of ministry and begin to help others this is the process now it's far different than what we've been told right that we're here just to uh join the membership roles and and and, and go to this uh, one week six week whatever discipleship class and we don't understand that christ is our pattern in our model and example not only in that but in ministry that the way that he he uh, mentored other people and the way that he established his 12 disciples and he began to pour life into those 12, everything about him is our example and our pattern to follow. So the problem, what's the problem? Is that men in general, uh, Christian men, we're not walking in sort of, any sort of like selflessness, right? And that is to say that we don't consider the old man dead. And uh, even though he is dead, we consider it very much alive. And we call it my flesh and, and uh, all of that. And we still maintain this identity of a terrible, wretched sinner with an evil heart. And we don't take into account the work of Christ and what he did inside of our lives and given us a new heart, a new mission, a new spirit. And he causes us to walk in his ways. And that is to say that I have to consider myself dead. And when I do that, I take on the same opinion that he has. And that I begin to be in alignment with that opinion. Problem number two is that men are not uh, uh, walking in servanthood. 
And that is to say that we have this uh, mentality that is more like creating little servants, that we're not actually serving, right? And most uh, institutions and organizations is, is going, how can I turn these masses into my little servants and get free labor and all this different stuff to grow my ministry and, and all of these different things that, that is inflated with ego and pride and all of these different things that don't model the ministry that Christ represented. The third thing is, in general, the problem is, is that we're not very humble, Right. And that is that we're not in tune, we're not becoming one, and we're not listening. And lastly, number four is that we're not uh, listening to the voice of the Spirit of God and yielding to that process. So we're not um, we're not being obedient. So the message of the gospel is this: is that go therefore and make disciples of all nations and teach them how to obey. Okay. And what that has been substituted with is something far different, and that is an informational transaction, is that we're not actually teaching people how to obey. We're teaching people how to gather information and knowledge and doctrines and creeds. And that is that we have a lot of people with big heads of knowledge, but we have very few people walking out in obedience. And the reality is, is that we're inundated and we're spiritually fat because we've been fed so much information that we're not practicing. And what that comes down to is that we're not actually executing, carrying out and performing the word. We're not doers of the word. And, and this, this kind of uh, a situation has been promoted as the way to spiritual growth. When the way to spiritual growth should be, what are you doing this week to yield to the voice and to the spirit of God? And not only that, but you have an accountability structure within that to check you to see if you're actually obeying. And this is the, the great problem with the church today is just the information transfer without the accountability to see if actually you're learning how to obey. And God called us to the ministry of discipleship that we begin to mentor other people and to begin to teach them how to obey. And their measure of spiritual maturity is, are they yielding to the voice of God? And are they obeying what God has been prompting them to obey? Not whether they can cite creeds, not whether they, they can know a whole chapter, or not if they can memorize this verse, and not if they can just parrot the doctrines in, 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 that the preacher is preaching, okay? It's actually, are they yielding to the Spirit of God, and are they obeying? So the pain, the pain associated with this uh, mentality is a Christianity and a faith that doesn't work. And I've seen many men go through this, is that they have all the so-called correct doctrines and teachings, and they've been taught well, and they go through uh, Bible college and seminary and all these different things, but they they don't know how to uh, control themselves. They don't know how to uh, overcome uh, their sins. They, they're, they're engaged in addictions and pornography and all of these different things. And what it all comes down to is that their faith really doesn't work. If their faith would work... It would tap into what uh, Abraham did by faith, Abraham obeyed. And that is the message of the gospel and the power of Christ gives us the ability to execute, perform, and carry it out. And that is to say that 
that uh, uh, when something points out to us as detrimental, we begin to take advantage of that opportunity to seek the empowerment of God to lay the thing down and to separate ourselves from it. And that's the power that was meant to be portrayed uh, through that. So the pain is uh, men inside of shame, guilt, uh, full of themselves, all about the self-service. I'm not interested in serving you and building you up. I'm interested in using you so you can serve me and so you can build me up. And so it's a very self-service mentality, and it brings a lot of shame and a lot of pain and a lot of guilt. The pain from the big-headedness of information without application is that we get this high-mindedness and this sense of pride and all this different stuff in the knowledge that we possess and not in the, the actions that we carry out. And lastly, the, the pain of being rebellious, of not actually uh, practicing the word. So what's the possibility in all this? The mind of Christ, that he emptied himself, that he became a servant, that he humbled himself, and that he became obedient, and that he gave his life. Now, the opposite of that mindset is to be full of yourself, to make everyone serve you, to exalt yourself as better than everybody else. It's a failing to yield to God. And lastly, requiring other people to give up their dream for you. And I've seen this example play out in every single leadership position possible, whether it's government, whether it's business, whether it's church, or whether it's home. And that is that men abuse their power and create a little world where everyone bows down to them. Instead of being a servant, they turn the masses into their servants, and Christ's standard for greatness is forsaken. You see, Martin Luther King Jr. said this, everybody can become great because everybody can serve. And Christ laid the foundation and the model, and it was service. And he said, do you know how the Gentiles exercise authority over people and they lord it over them? He said, it shall not be so among you. Whoever will be great will be the servant. And so that is to say that greatness is the opposite of what the world says. The world says that if you're going to be great, you got to drive this and you got to have this size business and you got to have this uh, amount in your bank account and you have to have this many lead, uh, people following you and you got to be a leader like this. And this is what signifies you're great. Christ says something different. And from his view and opinion, you're great when you actually serve, not engaged in self service. So Christ set the standard and the pattern for his mindset that emptied himself, became obedient, who gave himself for others, who showed up to the world and manifested the Father. So what is the action? The action is this. What if we showed up in our world that is inside of our sphere, emptied of inflated ego, emptied of the fearful nature, 
What if we showed up as a servant? What if we begin to humble ourselves? And what if we begin to attune our ear to the voice of the God and God, and we begin to execute and perform and carry out the things that he says? What would that look like inside of our lives? Now, when I talk about our lives, I'm talking about the four areas of our life, and that is our body, our mind, our spirit, and our relationship. These are the four areas uh, uh, of our life. And these are the areas that God wants to begin to manifest in. Manifest in your body, manifest in your mind, manifest in your spirit, and manifest in your relationships. You see, the goal of the gospel is this, is that Christ would be the foundation in all things, character, mission, conduct, pattern for ministry, and that that pattern would be the example and the empowerment that lives within you and begins to operate in and through you. And then we take those characteristics and begin to embody them inside of our body, inside of our mind, inside of our spirit, and inside of our relationships. So here's the challenge. What are you going to do today to begin to yield to the voice of the Spirit of God and become a servant, become humble, become obedient in each area of your life? What is God wanting you to, to empty yourself of inside of your mind? What is God trying to empty yourself of inside of your body? What is God trying to empty you of inside of your spirit? What is God trying to empty you of inside of your relationship? That is the detrimental thing that we need to let out. And the other part is the pattern, the example of things that we need to let in. What do we need to do to begin to manifest his character in each area of our life today?